Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Tonight we're kicking off a series uh, called Sold Out. Called Sold Out. And I am really excited about this series. I know that I'm excited about every series, but uh, each series that moves from series to series, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited about it. So how many of you, have you ever wanted something really, really bad? Like really, whether it's food or or an item, how many of you have just, like there was something that you just, you just had to have? I'm the only one? I, like have you ever gone to the grocery store and there was nothing left? You ever been hungry for something and the, the thing that you were craving the most wasn't there? I remember, you know, I've shared with you before, you know, I've, uh, I've, uh, always enjoyed video games and growing up, I really desired to, to have a gaming system, but I was, I was a little bit late. I didn't grow up with some of the systems, but I didn't get my first system until PlayStation 1. How many of you remember PS1? Any gamers here besides me and JP and Joseph? And Eric, excuse me. Yeah, well, I got the first PS1 and I was so excited about it. Then, then PS2 came out and I had to have that. And, and then PS3 came out and they had Blu-ray. And I mean, I had to have PS3. And, and a few years ago, uh, the PS4 came out. And I'm, a, I just kind of, I stick with things that I like. So I've never done the Xbox thing because I just stick with PlayStation because that's what's always worked for me. And so a few years ago, I had to have the PS4 and, uh, and I, I waited. You know, I was, I was going back and forth. Am I going to get it? Am I not going to get it? And I made the decision, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get it. And by the time I made the decision to go ahead and get it, it was it was too late. It was the day that it had come out, and I tried calling every place. I called Target. I I called Walmart. I called every place, everywhere I went. They didn't have it, and I had to have it. I mean, I, I looked all over the place for it, couldn't find it, and everywhere I went, it said sold out. It was sold out. They didn't have any more to offer. And tonight we're kicking off this series called Sold Out. And I want to talk to you for the next couple of weeks about giving God everything, not just a little bit of yourself, not just part of it, everything you got. I remember talking with a man one time, he was an older guy who was in his uh, about, I guess, late 40s, early 50s, and, and he had lived a life that was was kind of one foot in, one foot out. You know what I'm talking about? He lived a life that he came to church and, and, and he enjoyed, uh, you know, things of God. But then at the same time, he also enjoyed his lifestyle as well. And, and I remember talking to him and he would tell me, he, he, would, say, he would say, Elijah, I can't imagine what it would be like to, if, if, we, if somebody, if a person would just dedicate everything they had to God, would just give all they had. And he didn't say it in, a, in a, an attitude of regret. He said it, or, or an attitude of how that's impossible. But he said it. What what could God do with a person that was really sold out? What could God do with a person that was really all in? And he would talk about how incredible things that God could do. And and if he, the sad thing is, if he would have just taken his advice, his own advice, God could have done something really amazing inside of his life. And you know. Your generation, 
I kind of hate singing generation to youth because I feel like it's overused. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's I feel like there should always be a good Australian saying this generation is called. You know what I'm talking about? By the way, side note, an Australian accent, you're just automatically anointed. Like you can just say whatever you want. I wish I was from Australia so that I could just preach. I wouldn't even have to study. I'd just come up here and just say whatever I wanted to in that accent. But truly, though, this generation is your generation is a generation that really gets on board on board for causes. You notice that? Like you give you give you guys a, a purpose, you give you unpack something of meaning, y'all are all in. Y'all are all about it. In fact, there are people that are on board with all kinds of causes and are just radical for them. Uh, there are people that are on board with the cause of save the planet, and they do crazy things like hug trees and cry and 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 it's weird, but they're all on they're all for it. They're they're for the cause and. And I would like to tell you tonight that what happened, what would happen if you would get sold out for the cause, sold out for the cause. There's many causes in in life. There's many people that are passionate about a movement, but there's really one main movement that I want to talk to you tonight, that if you get a hold of it, if you sell out for this cause, everything will change. You see... Just like I was talking about in worship is some of us, you know, we, you like the idea of it, right? I mean, you like the idea of giving everything you got to Christ. You like the idea of, man, I, man, I just want to live a sold out life. How many of you, you, you know that, you know, so many times whenever we would do youth encounters, I, would, I find myself praying with some of the same students as, man, I want to be on fire this year. I really like I really want to. I really want to give it my all this year. You know what? After this, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. Maybe some of you have done that. I've been there. I've been that guy too. But the truth is, is you have to realize that whenever I'm sold out for the cause, I give it all. It's not really based upon me. It's based upon God. It's based upon what He can do in us. And so tonight we're talking about sold out for the cause. What is the cause? The cause is a mission. It's a mandate. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. It's a passion. It's a life that is all in for the purpose of living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a life that is fully dedicated to God. And the circumstances of the cause change from generation to generation, but the purpose of the cause is unchanging. It's always constant. It's always the purpose or the cause is for people to be set free from their bondage and enter into a deeper relationship or a true relationship with Christ. It's been the cause from from very beginning since Adam and Eve sinned. That's been the cause that God is passionate about. And so I just want to take a couple of minutes to kind of unpack this for us, to kind of talk about it a little bit of what causes me to sell out for the cause. What causes me to sell out for the cause? You know, how many of you ever heard of uh, of selling out in a negative way? You've heard, heard that before, you know, like, oh, they sold out. You know, that what they're saying is, you know, they, they at one point 
They had, they had their priorities in order, but at some point in their life, their priorities got out of order and they just sold out. Well, I want to define sold out in a different way. God wants everything that we have. God wants your life. He doesn't want your Wednesday nights. He likes that. That's cool. But God wants your life. He wants everything. And some of us, that, that like turns us off. That kind of scares us a little bit. Of man, is God going to send me in the middle of nowhere to Africa or something like that? But God wants your life because He knows that He knows what is best. He knows what is best. So what causes me to sell out for the cause? Number one, I come face, come face to face with the cause. Come face to face with the cause. What causes me to sell out for the cause? First, you've got to come face to face with the cause. There are many different um, stories in the Bible that I could talk to you tonight about, about people that had a face-to-face experience with God and uh, God presenting a cause to them. And uh, they sold out because they, they came, to, came face-to-face with the cause himself, God. And uh, I could use all kinds of different stories, but I'm just going to use a couple um, for time's sake tonight. But how many of you ever heard the story of Moses or the story of Moses? You know, I, I don't know if you're on a reading plan or not, but I've just been going through the life of Moses in my reading plan and I've gotten so much out of it. There's so, you know, it's amazing how you can just read that, that, that story and just get something fresh each time. And, you know, you know that um, the people of Israel were in bondage. They were in slavery um, and and God had heard their their cry God had heard their cry in slavery and he was ready and he desired to set them free. And and uh, Moses, who got miraculously um, saved as a baby, uh, God had taken his mom, had put him in a river and and uh, he'd grown up in, in Pharaoh's house and and left. At some point, he has this burning bush experience and he's walking and God appears to him in a burning bush. And so he comes face to face with the cause that's Christ and or God, and he gives him God gives him, look, this is the cause. And whenever that happens, you know, Moses feels inferior to lead this cause. He doesn't feel like he's qualified. He doesn't feel like he uh, is, can speak eloquently enough. He just doesn't feel like it's something that he could do. Have you ever felt inadequate of doing something for God? I believe, and we've spent a lot of time talking about it, that inside of every single one of you is a desire to do something for God. There is something in your heart, I believe, if you've given your life to Christ, that, man, I want to I, I want to do something for God, right? You feel that. But then you begin to talk to yourself or think about me like, man, I can't ever share my testimony, or I can't ever share the gospel, or I can't ever do this, or I can't ever go on a mission trip, it's too expensive, or I can't, whatever it may be, you begin to talk yourself out of it because you're looking at all your inadequacies. That's where Moses was at. He said, man, I I can't do this. And the coolest thing is, is God takes an ordinary man and does something extraordinary with him. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it's cool, you know, after this dialogue God's having with Moses, I like the way that the, this begins to transpire. 
It says in uh, Exodus 4.1, But Moses protested again, What if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, this is kind of funny to me, What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. And I think of that as, as almost like a little bit of like Elijah ADD. Like, what is that in your hand? Like, I get so distracted so easily. If somebody has something, like, what is that? And God's having this face-to-face encounter with Moses. And God asks, what is that in your hand? And Moses responds, it's my shepherd's staff. Like, okay, like, this is my shepherd's staff. Like, that's what he, that was an instrument he used for his job. He was a shepherd, or he helped shepherd things. It's like, it would be the same thing if God asked you, what do you have in your hand? And you had a pencil or you had something that you're using for school and like it's a pencil. What, what, what does that matter? And then God continues this dialogue with him in, in chapter in verse three. It says, throw it down on the ground, talking about his staff. The Lord told him, so Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Just side note, I just think about this, okay? Moses didn't know it was coming. Imagine if you were Moses and you dropped your staff and it turned into a snake. I think you jumped back too. Just picture, this is just what happens whenever I read the Bible. I see these things. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. For me, that would be a major leap of faith. I hate snakes. Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into the shepherd's staff in, in his hand. You know, Moses didn't know at all what what was going to happen whenever he did that. And I think I think about this a little further. This is just a little side note, just a sl- slight rabbit trail and I'll get back on track. I think of like what happened after that encounter. Like I would be kind of I'd be terrified of that staff. Like I would put it in the corner and like if somebody ever knocked that thing over, I'd be like, oh, it turns into a snake whenever it's on the ground. Just just again, how my mind works whenever Whenever I read it. So so what, what's the purpose of the staff? What's, it's, I mean, it's ordinary. It's really not that big of a deal. I'm thinking about all this. And what was God trying to say through that? What was the point of that? And I, I think it was God saying, you see something natural and ordinary in yourself and in, your, in the thing that you use for your job. I see something that is capable of miracles. He didn't see himself as being able to speak in front of people. He didn't see his his shepherd's staff were of worth any value. But God saw something that was and someone that was capable of him doing a miracle through. And we continue to read in Exodus and we go all the way uh, to verse 20. And something really, really incredible happens in verse 20. It really catches my attention. I want you to catch this. So Moses is going, he's, he's following in obedience to God. He's stepping out. He says, you know what? I don't think I'm capable. I'm going to take Aaron with me. I'm taking this staff. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm selling out for the cause. You're saying that there's these, my people are in slavery and you want them to be set free so that they can worship you. Remember, the cause always stays the, 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 the circumstances behind the cause changes, but the purpose behind the cause always stays the same. And so as Moses, Moses is going out in obedience to God, something happens. And watch this in, in verse 20. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and headed to the back to the land of Egypt. 
In his hand, he carried what? In his hand, he carried what? The staff of God along the way from his obedience, the ordinary, which I want you to catch this. The ordinary shepherd's staff now is God's. Whenever you sell out for the cause, your ordinary person, your ordinary utensils now become God's. They're not just yours anymore. They're God's. It's not just a normal shepherd's staff anymore. It belongs to God. It's God's. Are you catching this? Are you realizing it? Whenever I sell out for the cause, God begins to see. He sees me as not just an ordinary person with ordinary things. He sees someone that he can work through that can do an avenue. He's a, you're an avenue for miracles. Do you know that? Do you believe that? You may have heard that, but it's the truth. You see, we can't possess something that doesn't belong to us. The cause belongs to us whenever we belong to God. You see, we take ownership. God begins to place a burden upon us for people whenever we submit to his cause. Just a little side note. Whenever they finally go, you know, whenever they they have all the different things, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Uh, Moses begins to he throw, or Aaron throws his staff on the ground and it turns into a snake just like it did the first time and Pharaoh's what does that sound okay once again remember how the staff remember, like that's literally proving my point on that so anyway okay refocus with me if i can focus you can focus so anyway let's go back let's get back to the revelation here so Aaron throws down his staff. It turns into a snake. The Pharaoh's magicians come together and it throws down its staff and becomes a snake. Which think about this. This is like, how is Pharaoh's heart still hard at this point? Like, dude, this is pretty just side note. Anyway, Aaron's staff then begins to eat all other staffs. His snake eats all the other snakes. Whenever there are all kinds. Remember, we talked about it. There are all kinds of causes in the world. That people are passionate about. But the main cause, the cause of the gospel of Christ, will always, always overcome every other cause. Every other roadblock. Are you seeing this? Are you you're kind of getting the, the, the revelation on this? Every other cause that's out there, if you are a part of the cause, it will ultimately trump every other cause because our cause is not temporal, it's not natural, it's eternal and will go forever and ever and ever. Are you getting this? Are you awake? Are you alive? Are you receiving something? I'm excited. I don't know about you. I'm excited. I'm feeling it. I want to give you one more face-to-face uh face-to-face encounter with the cause. How many of you ever heard of a guy named Paul? Yeah? A few church kids in here? Yeah, there's a guy named Saul who later who became Paul, right? And there's a, a Damascus experience. And Paul, or Saul at the time, he's all in for his cause. His cause is to persecute Christians and to go and he's doing what he believes is right. Then all of a sudden, he has a face-to-face with the cause. That's Jesus Christ. He falls off of his donkey, and God begins to speak to him. He says, Saul, Saul, 
Why are you persecuting me? And the person that was speaking was Jesus. Paul has a face-to-face encounter with the cause. That's Jesus. And it causes him to then live out the true cause. He then has, goes on and is really next to Jesus, one of the most incredible, influential people of our faith. He goes on to write three quarters of the New Testament. And God does incredible things through him because he has a face-to-face with the cause and it causes him to get off of the wrong cause and adopt God's cause. Are you sold out for the cause? Are you getting it? I know I'm saying cause a lot. I feel like it's every other word, but it's true. So what causes us to sell out for the cause is to come face to face with the cause. Number two, to fall, to fall and stay in love with the cause. Number two, fall and stay in love with the cause. You know, Jesus was telling the disciples some of the the end, end times, like these are some of the signs that would happen. And one of the signs that he said is the last days in uh, Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 12 says, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. I don't have time to talk about all this, but you know, some of us, we had an experience with Christ where we really fell in love with Him and fell in love with His cause. But over time, that, that love for the cause can grow cold. It can, get, it can get a little bit weak. And you remember the disciples, whenever Jesus had His encounter with Him, they, uh, He called out to them. He said, come follow Me and I will make you fishers of men. They followed Him. They decided to, to, to follow the cause and get on board with Him, with Jesus. And then Jesus dies on the cross and everybody just begins to kind of scatter from there. Jesus dies on the cross and they're like, man, a lot of them go back to fishing. They go back. They were following and they were in love with the cause. But whenever an event, a tragic event happened that they thought their Lord had died, they, they went back. They went back to doing what they always, what they always knew. But Jesus came back. He meets with them. They get back on board with the cause. And we go all the way through the Scriptures, all the way through the New Testament, and we arrive in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, says that these people have turned the world upside down. It's just 12. I mean, it's not really all that many people. One of them had our, it wasn't even a part of it. Imagine, we think we need great masses. You know, you know what hinders my vision or whenever I feel like God wants to do something is, man, we, we just don't, we don't have enough. I, I don't have enough or I can't do this or I can't, you know, you, are you with me? You ever feel like that? Like, man, I, I, I can't. We, listen, God doesn't need a lot. He just needs a few. Some of you are passionate about your school. Some of you are passionate about reaching a person, whoever it may be. God doesn't need a lot of people. He just needs a few people that are sold out for Him. That's it. Like, we don't have to have a building full of people that are on fire for God to make a difference. We just need you. Y'all are, y'all are good. If y'all get this message, this is why I'm so excited about this, because if you, if this becomes more than, oh yeah, just another Wednesday, 
but it sinks into here. And you get a hold of this and you go home tonight and you think, I, I want to do that. Like, like I, I, I want to live a life sold out for God. And you're not too young and you're not too old. You're right where God wants you and he can use you where you're at. My prayer tonight is that at least one of you gets a hold of this. At least one person says, you know what? I'm done playing games. I'm done just coming to church as normal. God, here I am. Use me. I don't, it doesn't matter what it's going to be. Here I am. I remember whenever I prayed that prayer, whenever I came into relationship with Christ and I said, God, here I am. I'm done with everything that I, that I want to do. Here I am. Do you know I still have to pray that prayer daily? It's still, because just like that, it could become all about what Elijah wants to do. You know, I have been obedient to the call of God, but it has not been what I expected it to be. But it's been exactly what God intended it to be. Because God is not interested in your happiness. He's interested in your holiness. God's not interested in your happiness. He's interested in your holiness. He's interested in making you more like Him. And for for you to become more like Him, more like the cause of what we're living for, it's going to have some pain. It's more than just coming down tonight at the altar and say, you know what, I'm sold out, God. It's there's you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. You're going to have to go to school. You're going to be back in the real world and going back. You know, we're not doing encounters this year. We're doing a conference and I'm really excited about that. But, you know, every year you would see God, I'm, I, I, here I am. Use me. And we would see things happen, you know, in the student ministries. Kids get on fire for God. But then you got to go back to the real world. And tonight you might be at that place where, man, I want to give everything I got. I want to sell out for God. But let me encourage you, do it every day. Don't sell out tonight and then forget about it tomorrow morning. Give it your all. Why should we give our all to God? Because He gave His all for us. He gave His one and only Son. You know, if He gave any of His sons, if say God had four sons and He gave he gave his youngest or he gave his middle. That would still be amazing. But he just had one and he gave it to us. He didn't hold anything back. And because he gave us his all, we should give him our all. Not in a way of feeling just like like a, 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 a debt or a religion, you know, that can become a religion. But in a, it motivates me of, man, he gave me his all. And because of that, I'm inspired by his love. It causes me to want to give him my all. Okay, so wrapping up, what causes us to sell out? We come face to face with the cause. Number two, fall and stay in love with the cause. And finally, number three, respond to the cause. Respond to the cause. Remember how we talked about just a little while ago, Saul coming face to face with God. He had this incredible experience. What would have happened if Saul was like, man, this was amazing. I came face to face with Christ. Let's go ahead and go kill some more disciples. Like it would have been pointless. He would, if he would have went right back to just going whatever, you know, doing what he did. What if Moses has this face to face encounter with the burning bush? Like this is incredible. I'm going shepherd again. Is that the pr- proper way to say that? A shepherd. I'm going to do the shepherd thing. Go and do that. 
go and do that thing again. Doing the shepherd thing. What would have happened if there was no response? People would have stayed in slavery. People wouldn't have had the opportunity to experience the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What would happen? Maybe we wouldn't have some of the New Testament if Paul wouldn't have responded to that. I don't know. Regardless, those people would have missed out on the opportunity that God had for them. We know that for sure. So it's more than just coming face to face with the cause. It's more than falling in love with the cause. There must be a response. There must be a response to the cause. I love this in Acts chapter 9. Whenever um, Saul had the scales had just come off of his, his eyes. And in uh, verse 20, it said, And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues saying he is indeed the son of God. Paul didn't waste any time to get on with the cause. He responded, look at what that says, immediately. Immediately. So whenever we have, maybe you're here and you're kind of having a moment tonight with God where like, man, I need to sell out. I need to give God everything. And Maybe inside your heart, you're not even sure exactly what you're feeling, but you're like, man, I think I'm falling in love with with this cause of Christ to advance the gospel and and God really actually wants to use me. Well, that's great, but you got to respond. When should when is the appropriate time frame to respond to the cause? When is the appropriate time frame? Anybody know it's in Acts uh, nine, verse 20. Immediately. Immediately, when you feel that God is moving on your heart, something should change tomorrow whenever you wake up. Now, for things to change, something has to change in you. And it's going to become a process that God's beginning to speak to some of you tonight. Some of you are going to have a greater heart for the lost. Some of you are going to have a greater heart to be closer to God than ever before. And that is awesome. But you got to do something with that. You got to you got to wake up, go beyond just tonight, and say, God, I desire to get in, in closer relationship with you. And Lord, I, I want to hear you. I know that you have something to say for us. And that doesn't go for just the leaders here, or just me. That goes for all of you. God wants you to respond to Him. He wants you to respond to His cause. Let's go ahead and close up. You can actually, let's stand together. So what is this message? How does this message affect my life? What does this do for me? How does it affect me? I must come to the realization that being sold out for the cause, the main cause, that's the purpose of, of Christ. That's to see people set free. And to have a relationship with God. It is a lifetime pursuit, not a one-time arrival. It is a lifetime pursuit, not a one-time arrival. You see, God has a purpose and a cause for you right now. You know, I used to think of it differently of like a call. Like, okay, I'm really not in my call until uh, you know I become a senior pastor. You know, that that's like, okay, that's like the ultimate call. 
But God has a call and a purpose for you right where you're at, and it's something specific. If you would really just have the, the openness to ask Him what it is. God, I'm open to your cause. I want to meet you, the cause. God would speak to you. You know, in, uh, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, you know, we talked about the life of Saul who became Paul and he responded to the cause and he's at the end of his life. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul had came face to face with the cause, Jesus, and he responded to that, fell in love with it and lived it out. But he lived it out his whole life. He gave it all. He was willing to die for it. In fact, uh, historians believe right after this is the last letter that Paul wrote, that right after this, shortly after this, that Paul was actually beheaded for the cause of Christ. He was martyred because of it. And he had given his everything for this cause. You know, sometimes I ask myself tough questions. Maybe you do this too. Like, I think like, man, if the end times happened and like I was getting ready to be persecuted, would I, would I die for the cause of Christ? Like, would I actually like say, you know what? I'm not going to renounce him. I'm going to, you ever think of that? Like, normally this happens like at 1130 at night, you're laying down and you're just like, man, why am I thinking about this? And you just, you, you, am I the only one or you get these thoughts too? Just me? Okay. And, uh, you know, I think about that, especially when, it, like, you know, a few years back, I'd think about it all the time. It would kind of freak me out a little bit, to be honest with you. I'd be like, man, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't know if, if I'm willing to die for Christ. And the Lord just began to speak to me and deal with me of that may happen in my life. I don't know. But really... Bigger than that is, am I willing to die for the cause of Christ every day? Like the Bible, Jesus said, like, if you want to be my follower, pick up your cross. That's an instrument of death. Turn from your selfish ways and follow me. You know, if we want to live a life that is filled with purpose, that is, we're really truly sold out for the cause, we got to die. We have to die to ourselves every day. And there are days that I don't die to myself and I get to the end of the day like, man, what was the deal with me? Today? Okay, yeah, I, I, it was all about me today. And you might experience that too where things are just like, man, it was just this was just a me day. But whenever you get to the place of, you know what? Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up, you're going to have to go to school, your job, whatever it may be. I challenge you to say, to take this message to heart because it'll affect your life if you do. Say, God, not about me today. It's about you. Whatever you want from me today, whatever it may be, I'm open to it. Whenever I pray those prayers to start my day, I see some pretty incredible things happen in my life. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, I pray for every single person in this place tonight. 
Lord, I pray that we would be sold out for you, that we would be sold out for your cause, for your purpose, what you desire us to do. Lord, I just thank you right now for touching lives, for moving on hearts, God. Lord, we just say right now, Lord, it's not about what we want to do. It's about what you want to do, because you gave your all for us. We are giving all of us, all of our life to you tonight. Lord, I just pray that tomorrow morning, as every person wakes up, that this would be the first thing on their minds. Lord, what do you want? What is your purpose for me today? How do I live out? How can I be sold out for your cause for my life today? Lord, I thank you for just turning it from head knowledge to revelation in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.